I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. And we have uh, our first guest with us, Taylor Davis. What's up, friends? Uh, Singer, songwriter, um, writer, uh, extraordinary father. Father, and no, not uh, new anymore. Three years uh, she's been around, which has been three amazing years. But yes, I'm trying to catch up to you. Uh, That's still pretty new. You know, three years is about the time that you start convincing yourself you forgot how hard it was to get them to three years old and you start to make other babies. Uh-huh. You need to be very careful in this little... Yeah. They they make things for that. Unbelievable. <laughs> technology these days. There's technology I mean, that, that keeps the wine from being as effective uh it's always after a bottle of wine it's always after a bottle of wine and now i feel like i can't tell my dad jokes because <laughs> no, I, you have I, to you have you, to do you want these dad jokes or you want me to get you some new get dad jokes um, no I, I look you have loads. there's a dad I, joke. Book, look book. no 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 this is one of many books i dad jokes you gave me a joke book i years did ago. yeah I it was one it. of my favorite things as a kid when the riff mobile used to come by do you remember the riff mobile in, in yeah. severeville they didn't have books really we didn't have and, books in milwaukee <laughs> so yeah so we got to we got to go on an order and i guess i'm sure somebody at the school like a good tupperware top down you know pyramid scheme is making money off of us buying joke books but um <laughs> oh man those are terrible <laughs> Uh, Turn the page. Okay, you ready? You ready? Yep. What did the ocean say to the shore? Nothing. It just waved. I knew wave had to come in at somewhere. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yeah. Uh. No. So you can't. It's it's hard to do. Um. Uh. Dad jokes that are 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 based in foreign languages. Because not, I, I think they're, yeah. I think it's dated because the people who end up writing them and thinking they're funny are of an age that don't really exist socially today. Um, what do you call a line of people lifting mozzarella? Hmm. Cheesy pickup line. Oh, God. Oh, no. Now I'm hungry. All right. Yeah, it sounds like a time for an appetizer. Hey, you know what? What is E.T. short for? I don't know. Because he's got little legs. <laughs> I knew it. I knew the third one's always the one. Winner. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Taylor Davis, we love you, and we play songs that you and I write all the time. And uh, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's it's awesome to be here and. uh and hang out with you guys and uh, talk a little shop. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, don't let it out how awesome this room is. There's because a lot of, you lot want, of good records you want on people, the wall. You want people to think about it and just like not even be able to get close to how awesome it is. Uh, you it's know, magical. It's magical. The newest addition is the light behind you. Do you see that? I do, yeah. Yeah. That's for people that are on uh, mushrooms. 
Not today. Not today. That only, that, that only happens on like Mondays at two o'clock. Uh, what I'm saying is that light is uh, just for everybody in your, and it's flat, but it appears round, but it gives out light, but there's no light bulb. It's, it's really what I use to really fool the young writers that come in here on drugs. It's drug. like an igloo. Yeah. When they, they come in here on drugs they, and they can't stop looking at it. And I'm like, ah, you got high before you came. Of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, and I really thought you were talking about when you said it's for the the kids on mushrooms. I thought you, you thought I was talking about the lava, lava lamp. lamp. Yeah. That's totally what I thought you were talking no, about. No, no, it's a different generation, Cindy. Oh, well, uh, lava lamp's my generation. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 an the, exciting time in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the store? Spencer's. Spencer's. Spencer's yeah, Spencer's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still exists. You can get some weird stuff there. I, I got my daughter a lava lamp at Target. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's trendy. They're again. mainstream now. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah. Go us. Um all right. So, uh, the, the thing that that joins the, the that the that pairs these two songs today together for me and Cindy and I talked a lot about this knowing that you were going to come in and we we wanted to really show off for our first guest. Um this song is a very very true song and what that means is sometimes we write stories and change the names to protect the innocent sometimes we'll even change the setting sometimes we'll use something that happened to us as an inspiration and then we'll write around it we'll put it in a neighborhood or something but the kernel of the story is typically the 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 the, like the coal of a fire right it's it's the thing you can always go back to and it's going to be the thing that powers the whole song. And a song with baby girl, it's one to pay your, your, your parents back, you know, and say, thank you. Um, if you succeeded and, and, and a song like, um, well, I don't know. Most of them are about sex, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like there are driving forces behind each, each song. And this first song, um, uh, that's off 52 off new blue is, is man like me and Taylor and I wrote it and we can tell that story here in a minute, but, um, I'm pairing it today with another song that is, um, probably the other most truthful song I'd ever written, um, called Troubadour, which actually ended up as a song that was written for a character in a musical. And then the playwright and the director renamed the musical because of the song. It was called something else. And then they, then they suddenly called the whole thing Troubadour. And then it became the name of the album that all the music came out on. And I, uh, happily, I found out yesterday is being submitted for a Grammy. Come on, oh. let's go. Why so, am I just hearing that's about this now? And well, because I like to save some things just like Oprah. I learned <laughs> so like from being on Oprah. I learned you get a Grammy. Save, you get a Grammy. I, sa- <laughs> I saved some things for in the moment. Um, so, yeah, uh, I heard that was submitted, and weirdly, uh, not that many people know about this, but I, I went and wrote a song with Lindsay L for um, that American Anthems TV show, and that song's being submitted for a Grammy as well in its own category. But Just stay um, hot. Christian. Are we going to the Grammys? I'm always. I gotta going get to a tux. T- <laughs> we're all going Look, we're man, all going stick, to the stick, 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 stick with hey, me kid hey um, here we are so so this song way with words uh uh i mean uh, man like me is paired with troubadour today and 
I'm so glad you're here, Taylor, because when I tell this story, I always, any story, really, I always feel like I'm telling half of it. And I think that's okay. And I learned that being in a duo, like you only have a part of the experience. Two sides. Yeah. And and it's not all sides, but you, the joy is that we both got to go on the roller coaster. What it felt like for each of us is usually different. But um, I remember to set this song up. I remember that we, we were became fast friends when we met because we were very musically connected, but we're also very, we, we speak language that each other hears. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was I mean, the first day we wrote, you were like, you were in the, in the big room over at magic Mustang uh-huh. and, and you had a beat going and, and you were strumming on something. And I walked in and you're like, you want to jump in on this? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And we wrote, uh, up to you. was up our to first you. Song That's we right. Wrote. And we wrote it in like, <laughs> 45 minutes maybe yeah, maybe yeah. an hour and it was like oh yeah this is gonna be something awesome yeah and, and then we just did that over and over again and and we got to create so many amazing things and still and still and get still to, do which is which is awesome i always love that you're up for it because i'm it typically songs i'm are available to me at any time right like i have this weird reality where i could be walking to get some ice cream and we could write a song guaranteed it's totally fine with me uh in this particular day, I had um, I had just gone through the process of explaining I, to the people at that in that building in that record company or the publisher in it because I'd never really had a publisher, but I'd had a lot of record companies, and the one piece of advice I got in the early '90s was, Christian, go up, go hang out in the record company, like go be in the building, be around, be around, like hang out not just at the water cooler, but literally bug the crap out of everyone there because the more they get to know you, the more they might help you more than the other guy that they don't know. Right. And that's just a, a piece of advice for anybody in a business. Right. Or, or, or in this you kind must of be present to win. Right. I mean, gotta be. Yeah. Of course, the problem was the record company was in New York and I lived in Atlanta. So at the time was it continental airways. Do we have one of those? Might yeah, we did. Exist. Yeah, they had like a like a like a hundred dollar or whatever commuter flight between Atlanta and New York. So I would go to New York on on Mondays or Sundays and stay till Wednesday or Thursday, and come back to the town and then go play songs, play shows, and uh, so I decided to do the same thing in Nashville. Now that I had this record company and a publishing deal, and I. I came over there. I was like, Hey guys, is there anywhere I can like set up all my junk? And they were like, yeah, there's like a sewage leak on the second floor and though it smells kind of funny and the, the, and the, the, there's something in the carpet up there when we only put like people who are visiting and a couple other things, but you're welcome to any of those rooms. And of course I was like, thanks. And of course I head off to target and I come back with like a car full of shit and set up a room. Right. And I just invited everybody into my room whenever they were walking by. It was by. your space. It was a magical place. It was a magical place. And no one was around and no one even knew I was there except for in between songs, I would go bug everybody in their office, just like I'd been told 20 years earlier. Right. And uh, made lots of friends and, you know, finally met Jason Aldean and, you know, like all these kind of interesting cardboard cutouts of humans and, um, and got to meet the writers that were in between their rights. And what I didn't understand until then is that people a cancel on each other all the time. I, I didn't know this. Yeah. That you, you could have scheduled a thing 
and I would have driven all the way into town from Atlanta to be at my thing and you would cancel because your tummy hurts or you're hungover. Because you drank too much at, <laughs> right. at Red Door the night before. Right. right. And right. I didn't know this. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, well, that's pretty unprofessional. I'll just walk down the hall and see if there's anybody else here. Typically, there's Taylor. Yeah. Like, just either we were, finished we would always your be right, hanging out. We'd and, always be hanging yeah. out. And that's how I met all these guys who thought, aren't you the snooty little dude from Sugarland? We don't even know you. And I would just make myself available. I'd sit in rooms and listen to songs. I'm like, man, that'd be great for Billy Carrington. And they'd be like, oh. That's great. You know, like help out wherever I can. You also had an A&R role for a short I, time. For a short, short time. <laughs> um, that's how I ended up producing the Lindsay L record. Yeah. I was, I got canceled on on a right. I was standing in the hallway. They called me in. Hey, would you consider this? Um, so I remember that something had happened where we were going to go sneak upstairs and write. But my room, for some reason, was being used. Yeah, or somebody was in there. Somebody was in there, which we thought was really weird because then that was one of the first times I had to admit that it wasn't my room. <laughs> it's just it's where all I, my stuff. It's where but I put all my of room. my unnecessary Target plastic shit. But um, in the adjacent room, someone's piano was it Julie? Julie's grandma, I think, or it came down from her family somehow, and it was just up in that room, and it, there was like a table and a chair and then there's a piano and a bench yeah because i remember we uncovered something to sit on it yeah and then i think the the moving blanket was still on the top of the piano because i can hear it on the recording that we make on our phone and we sat and we started writing the song and we wrote it if i remember linearly i think it started at the beginning of the story oh yeah and went straight through to the end we didn't say oh this is a good chorus or this is a good verse we just went and just kept looking at each other like, oh, wow. Yeah, what's that? And you were playing the piano. I think, yeah, I was that day. Because I typically let my brother play the piano because it's like. Because that's what he does. That's what he does. Yeah, he's the best. So I don't know a lot about it. But you had like songwriter chords. Yeah. And, and it was like, it just fell out. Uh, for whatever reason that day, I don't, I don't remember if it was my idea, your idea, what it was, but it was just one of those things. And we were just, it, it fell out and we kind of both looked at each other and we're like, Oh, I think we just wrote a verse and a chorus yeah. real, real fast. I think we wrote the song and it was quick. It was quick. Maybe, maybe 30 minutes. And yeah. it was just one of those days that it happens like that. And it was, here it is. Here's the song. It was amazing. Well, there's, you have a certain amount of courage that you put into your songs. And I know, cause I write with you. And this particular kind of courage is, um, it's truth courage. It's, I don't know where you were in relationships because you were telling me, but it was partially you, but partially me. Like I was, whatever you'd said, I was like, oh, I know that moment. Yeah. Where we were both in a spot. And it was uh, trying and this may be good. Cindy, I love that you're just watching this ping pong go back and forth. But, um, so there's there's this oddity of the writing room where you somehow protect each other's information. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course, until there's a podcast. Right. Until it's all going to come out right now. It's all going to come out right now. But it, it's typical whenever we're writing with artists, hey, where are you? What are you doing? Where are you feeling? What are you going through right now? And let's see if we can get something. Tap that, into that. Yeah. That feels like it's um, 
true for you. Authentic is so a great word. So, and, and yeah, and we'll just chase down your idea. And uh, I wasn't being written with as the artist and neither was Taylor. And we were just making something up for the duration we were together. I really am a fan of his voice. Um, Thanks. And, and he, he always chases me off the cliffs, like a lemming following me, no matter where I go. <laughs> like if I'm going to like, Oh yeah, man, today we're doing some Latin stuff. He's like, yes, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and it's totally not going to succeed, but um, we have to write them all. We though. have to write them all. Yeah. Uh, but so during this thing, this idea of, repeating over and over again is it, all of this feels so Pearl Jam to me. Like you ain't better with a man like me. You are not better with a man. Like this idea that you are telling this woman the truth to such a degree that you have to repeat it because you're afraid she's just not hearing you. And then you have to repaint the picture over and over again because love is not just blind sometimes it's deaf <laughs> you know like it's stubborn oh, is what it, it is it's stubborn it's a and stubborn thing and and what i i've i found was amazing is just after we wrote that song i went and i demoed it at home with brandon playing and and much better than me. No, <laughs> no, actually, he actually chose to just he goes, man, I'm going to use the songwriter. He called him songwriter chords. I don't know what that means. It's just core. It's just chords. It's just basic yeah. chords. Um, and then he put like a a low Moog synthesizer in it, and I put a mandolin or something. And then Tom Tapley looked at us. And he goes, don't do anything else to this song. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And I was like, why? He goes, because it's already scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> like I don't want to. Nothing you put in here has calmed down the anxiety I have when I listen to it. And I was like, oh. And then I I had a w weird experience. I was out on the West Coast with one of the radio reps, and we were driving between um, acoustic shows at radio stations. And I started trying to... Uh, I was working on that Lindsay L record at the time. So I was playing for the rec record rep. Hey man, here's where I am. Do you like this song or this song? Or do you like this? I'm using him as my litmus test, you know? Love and, it. and I slip in this song and I was like, Oh, do you mind if I listen to this real quick on the, on the car speakers? Cause typically I'll just listen on headphones. He goes, no, no, no problem. I'll put it in. And he pulled over the side of the road and he was weeping. Wow. And I was like, everything all right, man. You know, men don't typically cry in front of each other without a warning, you know, <laughs> True. I mean, I'm not doing well, can I have a beer? And then they cry, you know, like, <laughs> and he just fell apart. He said, can I hear that again? I said, yeah, that's all he wanted to listen to for the next hour. I've never heard this story. This is amazing. And, um, I, I couldn't understand what was happening cause I was too close to the song. Right. So that uh later the year after which wasn't too long ago because this, this wasn't long ago we wrote all this um a couple years ago my uh and i don't mind we've talked about this before but my son would do uh rehab and when he did on the other side of it i had to learn how to um i had to learn a lot about people who were in recovery because i just didn't have any i didn't have any education 
And one of the things that really brought us close together is uh, he had to go through and start cataloging all my songs and I was going to pay him to do it because um, he, he needed some work and I needed this stuff done. And uh, he started cataloging the songs and he got to this song and he was like, dad, I can't, I can't stop listening to this song. What, what, who's this about? What it was this about? And you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, it's not about your mom, you know, like, <laughs> whatever. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm asking. Um, is this about you? And I, re I remember thinking to myself, who else would it be about? Like, yeah, of course. But it's also about you, Taylor. Like it is, it is as this song is as much wherever you were and what you were willing to say that dared me to also then say it. And now I'm putting it out and I listened to this through the other day, you know, and it's, and it's final listen through of the album before I, I packaged it all and put it in a place. And the middle of this record got dark and I had to start answering some questions, some press questions about this song. And I was like, I don't know. It's the truth. If you ever feel this way as a, a person that you, you're in love with somebody else and you're like, look, man, I know me and I'm going to mess this up. Yeah. I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy, but I, it feels like I'm the guy. And I know that it's a, it's a really, um, it's a big thing to say to someone to be like, I know that you love me and I love you too, but I'm going to ruin you. And I, and I don't want to, and I'm trying to avoid that. And that's a, a very vulnerable thing. Yeah. To, and a, a brave thing to, to say most people would just let it play out and then watch it fall apart and then have to deal with all of it and it's like trying to get ahead of it right which is it's tough like to even muster up the courage to have that conversation with someone and it doesn't even have to be guy to girl it can be a girl to a guy saying listen i'm gonna break your heart and i'm gonna wreck you and like i'm trying to avoid that so like can we like stop where we are but most people don't do that no. Because it's not it's not an easy thing to do. Well, I don't think we've been taught. Like I don't think anybody ever taught me to do that. And in all the movies, they always let it go and watch it crash. Yeah, and then watch, and then stand there and watch the fire, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh. So it, it's a, it was a very new thing to write a song about f for me. And I, I took most of that courage from you. <laughs> Just because you're very courageous when it comes to your heart. And that's why I like writing songs with you. But uh, having to admit some of this stuff out loud was, whoa. So let's listen to the song real quick. Great. And then I have a feeling the journalist is going to get us. <laughs> I can see her circling. Cindy's been quietly waiting. I know. I know. Okay. Here it is uh, from 52 New Blue. Uh, this is Man Like Me. Before you ever see my face I can ruin this whole thing If you just give me a couple days I build it up to tear it down Leave the damage on the ground I could set your whole world on fire You ain't better with a man like me 
is still sitting on the couch but the female in me wants to argue about it like oh yeah like how, how do you know how do you know i am not better with a man like you you how do you know that uh, well okay um let me put it a different way then this song also works like catnip oh we've had this conversation before right so the fir- if the first thing you hear is look I'm the worst ideal you'll ever have. Or right when I was divorced, my therapist told me, be very clear with every woman that you go to dinner with or whatever. Just say it out loud. Look, I'm undateable. I'm a bad idea. No matter what I say, understand that I can't promise you anything right now. Sounds like a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Which weirdly gets you more attention. It's like people that are married and they have their wedding ring on and they're men. And so women come up to them and are like, hey, are you happy? Yeah. How happy are you? Like what? Like uh, so I don't understand a lot about the dynamic. So I am curious. Does that make you upset to hear something like that where I'm bossing around your choices? Are you happy to see the warning? Like are you happy that the side of the road has like 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 little bumps on it so you don't go off the road and kill you you know like well i think that no one's perfect right and everybody has to find someone with a set of faults they can deal with and a set of faults i can deal with is probably different than a set of faults that someone else can deal with so if you've only just met me or we've only been out not very long how do you know that the set of faults that you are so self-conscious about 
right are not a set of faults that are well matched to your skill set right yeah i don't know that and i think maybe that's where the verses come in yeah you know like it's it's i know i remember the line i wrote in there <laughs> in the confessions um <laughs> and we've talked about this kind of thing before it's but, like going to church yeah, yeah. uh I'll disappear and you won't know where I went. I'll still be here and I'll disappear and you won't know where I went. That's the adult child of alcoholic, right? That's the ACOA kid where I'm standing right in the middle of the room and I am completely gone. Yeah. Well, it's, and you, you can look around the room and you will be like, he was just right here. Where did he go? And it's just, I know exactly when to, when in the sentence you're telling the person next to us to slip away physically or emotionally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's right. more levels to it than, than the literal sense of, of here. Right. You know, it's people become checked out for different reasons, you know? And it's, I, I, I love your question on it. It's like, Cindy is like, who, who, who are you to tell me that I can't, you know, right. that, that, that you're not good for me. And it's like, well, I know me and I'm telling you that if I know me, like I know me, I'm not good for you. And it's not you. It's probably anybody. And and I think this, at this point in my life, I think where the idea came from is I, I was like, like you said, undateable, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not available emotionally any, uh, in any level. And it's, it was more of a warning sign of like, I need to be alone, but how do you, you know what I mean? When, yeah, there, there's no way to do that without also attracting people who are like, you think it's a challenge, but I think also as a female, they also hear that and think, just tell me you don't like me. <laughs> well, that's not it either. But, uh, but that's not uh, it. That, that's not it. But, it's, but it's, that's what people are going to think. I'm trying to know. give men... Perm- I, the thing that I like about this song is that it's it gives men permission because we are gendering it. You know, we are saying man like me, right? But um, it gives men permission to not to raise their hand. That's all. Let's just raise your hand and just say, look, I, I'm not what you, I, I'm, I, and maybe the song does have this in it. I, I, I have a flaw where I may present as completely marriable, completely. Uh, I present in some sort of way where I'm, I'm filling in all of the, uh, the, the, the empty spaces in you with these wonderful, you know, pieces I have of me and it makes one whole complete human, but it doesn't. And, and I know I'm full of shit, you know, like, it's, or, it's or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, there, I, it, yeah, because I think there's, there's a, um, if I could use one word to sum this all, like the, the idea of the song up is self, like self-destructible. Right. So like, like as much as you'd want to do it, like, you know, in your head that you're going to ruin it. That's like a, um, a defense mechanism for people, right? right? Like self-destruct. Like this is too good. This feels too right. I'm going to wreck it and ruin it. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's, I try for, not to date those people. <laughs> exactly. But like, that's for like, uh, maybe I, I went to quite a bit of therapy after we wrote this song yeah, and yeah. figured some things out, you know, but, it, but most people like wouldn't even be in the mindset to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to save you from a lot of heartache and hassle and, and a big messy thing. Let's just like get out of it. You know, and yeah. I love that idea that it exists. I, I love the existence of the idea. Um, 
it has it has so much truth in it scary so then what happens next friday night when she sees you out with someone else she thinks it really was me well if you're doing it right you're playing the same song for both girls i see you know what i mean like until which like you should have a warning sign until the warning signs up yeah you know and and uh i just think that there is a um I know there wasn't when I was a kid or even a teenager or even in my twenties, there wasn't really a lot of, um, permission for a man to be, uh, unavailable. Right. So you had to, at least where I was growing up in the world I was in, I had to be, um, amenable to all attention. Like, Oh gosh, I'm just glad you're looking at me. You know, like, Oh geez, this is fantastic. Oh no, no, no. I can make this work. Any attention is good. You know what I mean? And, and, and it was this, uh, the awe shucks of the eighties into the nineties. And then there, uh, there wasn't as, as much like backbone as there are right now. Even with my own kids, I see it like, uh, or, or even artists like the the artists I work with now, Megan Maroney. She's like, I don't want a boyfriend. I just don't want it. It's going to get in my way right now. I will start making decisions based on that relationship mm-hmm. rather than about my career or about this song. And I know that about myself, so I'm not going to do this. And I kept looking at her like, God, you're the smartest person. I, like I would have never thought of that. Yeah. Because I, I thought you were supposed to be, to be able to do everything. Yeah. I thought you were supposed to do it and do everything else. Right. Um, I, I just, I, it, so it's all relatively new and I love that this song exists. It does scare the shit out of me. That's a great Every That's time, why we wrote it. I know, I know. And I think a lot of times, and I'll say it, um, that we lose uh, sight of that part of songwriting. You know, uh, that there is a version of this, no matter how good or how commercial or how whatever you are, that you must constantly revisit yourself. On, make sure you're checking in on the truth. You know, and and not that this, uh, I don't love a bunch of song fiction. I do. A bunch of song fiction. You know, I'm a, a, I'm, I'm, of- a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an avid reader of song fiction. You know, I'm absolutely sure that Katy Perry didn't do most of the things that she says in her song. And mm-hmm. I know that George Terry didn't write any of his. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I get it. But most songs are started with, uh. A, a bit of truth like you said earlier there's a there's a central thought that you know and you can form a story around it this song is straight up there's no fiction in it man. And it's none. straight up truth and it's why it scares me and it's also why i put it on the record i remember this was like song two and i was like i don't know how i'm gonna get this on here <laughs> but i'm gonna have to trade other songs off to get this one on you know because uh, you can only have one of these it's very know? moody it's my emotional conversation that I have about um, girl crush with little big friends. I was like, guys, little big if you like, once you get one, that's it. You don't get two. Like uh, everybody kept trying to get Shirley in to redo another stay. They're like, man, if you do that again, that'll kill. Like, no, no, you it's get one. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you only get one of these songs. Um, I'm going to jump us into the pairing for this because this is right around the same thing you were just talking about. Um, In the story of the musical Troubadour, the song appears two thirds of the way through and uh, 
it is the truth of this man who is retiring from country music. Taylor, I don't think you ever came down and saw it, did you? I never did. I okay. But well, no, it's okay. It's okay. It'll happen again one day. Can't wait. But um, the, the story is about a, a man who's the king of country music in 1951, and he's being forcefully retired. Because he has a physical condition, he's epileptic, and he and his son is in his band, and his son keeps having to cover for him every time he has a seizure and shakes and all this stuff. And so there's all sorts of weird dynamic that's going on. And um, the son, for two or three days, meets this incredibly gifted songwriter and this crazy ass uh, Russian Jewish tailor. And the three of them become friends for three days. And that's what the whole musical is about. And the tailor uh, has decided that church clothes are out and bedazzled rhinestone covered colorful clothes are in. Yes. Right. And with this man retiring from country music and his son is in his band, he's trying to get the son to wear his clothes and take over the family business and be the new star. Right. And, what they've done is forcefully retired this guy and they asked me to write a song. All the other songs in the entire musical are the backstories of all these people. So they are their their actual catalog. So it's this man's entire, all of his hits since 1934 is what I had to write. And then all of the young songwriter girls songs that she's writing for the boy. And then any of the boys songs, right? So that all of these songs will have already existed before the story even happened, except this one. They said, this is the only song we need to have the fictitiousness of writing during the performance. Right. And I said, Oh, I know how to do that. That's, you know, but where is he? And so the, the lady told me and she's like, yeah, he's tomorrow. Like this is tonight. And it's his kind of last night. He's, he's outside by himself and he doesn't want to retire. And, the gig's up. There's just no way to go through it. And he's upset because he doesn't really feel appreciated, but he is the king of country. <laughs> like there's some, some weird stuff. And I was like, well, I know what that's somewhat like. I've been in that band at that moment, but been completely invisible. You know, I have been in this moment where I think it's over tomorrow. <laughs> Weirdly. I've been in a, like a band on the top of the world where I literally was told it's over tomorrow. So I had some truth to work with and, uh, I literally walked around the block, came back and wrote the song in four minutes. Like it went that quick, but I had been thinking about it for a couple of days, you know, and I hadn't written anything down. It's on your head. It was on my head. And when I came back before I started writing, I was like, I need to check myself before I wreck myself. Cause I liked the word troubadour, but I was on universal when, um, George, George Strait put yeah. out the song Troubadour yeah. and I was like I'm going to go look at this to make sure I don't get on it before I even start yeah don't step on it because <clears throat> I do believe and I say this out loud that um, you're, it's your own job as the songwriter to check yourself you, you can buy insurance and you can trust the younger kid next to you who thinks he's definitely never heard that but it's up to you you're self-policing it's more intense than golf in self-policing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't get to kick the ball back out. Um so uh then I wrote this. This is Troubadour. 
They won't remember the way that I look They won't see my name on the spine of a book There'll be no ticker tape, no big parade to say We all knew he was the one Just a song Tomorrow they'll shut the door On this old troubadour And there'll be nothing left when I'm gone But this old case This guitar And a song It'll never get older It'll never rust So one friend you got You can always trust It'll never leave you And it won't let you down And when it's the truth It's the most beautiful sound When you are weak, it is strong It's a song Tomorrow they'll shut the door On this old troubadour And there'll be nothing left when I'm gone But this old case This guitar And a song me pretty far this old case this guitar and a song I love it <laughs> that's pretty cool but yeah, you see why I now want to stick these songs together is because they feel like, I don't know, they're somewhat bulletproof because they have the truth on them. They're just raw. I think both of them are just. They are both really raw. I think the thing that um, hit me the most about this one, Christian, was there's a lot of conviction in, in the way that you sang it because it comes from a real place. Right. And it's like, at the end of the day. They can't take these songs away from you. You can't. You can't. Right. Take, you can't take all the work and all the time. You might be able to push me out the door, but you can't take away any of the work. You know, right. which right, is right, a, right. which is a beautiful thing. I didn't even think about it that way, but that's very much me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and Radney Foster played the father. Mm. He was cast as the father. In Radney's this. amazing, and 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 an amazing guy. But he really connected with this song, and so he delivered it every night. There were like what forty shows or something of this. It ran for for a couple of months. And every night he would walk to the front of the stage as if it was the back part of the field of his house 
And he'd sing the song to no one in his mind, just to himself. To a full house, though. I mean, it was a full house yeah. of people. But it was as, as if he got to that point, he didn't ever have to act. Because I think he'd been in this place, too. Like, is this really what's going to happen to me? Are they going to remember my, you know my one solo song and my one Foster and Lloyd song. And that's it. Like, will the song outlive me? Hmm. Will they even remember what I looked like? <laughs> you know, like, and, and so that's a, it's, it was an interesting thing to be just trying to solve the director's problem or the, or the playwright's issue and stumbling across, Oh, I can solve it with something I know. But I think we do that all the time. I think if it's time to write a song, you're like, well, I'm going to use what I know. I mean, you got to start somewhere. It's got to come from uh, a real place. It does. And yeah, I, you're, I, you're circling it. I see you. <laughs> what is it you want to know, Cindy Watts? I don't know. I mean, we've lived... So we've lived with that song for a very long time. I I just really hope it wins a Grammy. <laughs> I, I'm happy to be included in the list is all I got to say. That's what they all say. I, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you some special things about that recording. And if anyone ever gets to, there's an entire record back there that follows this, that um, we released. How many songs are on that? 15, 18? A lot. Maybe 20. There's I even a put a couple of songs I wrote for it that they didn't put in the script. There's even one called, do you remember the lollipop song? Oh, yeah. Ice I had, cream and lollipops. Ice cream and lollipops. I had to write a, a dirty song. Yeah. I remember that song. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that song. That's because you remember dirty songs. <laughs> Apparently I do too. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't under, and I, I, I just, I love learning about stuff. And one of the things that came about with Troubadour is they said I needed just like they needed a song for him to be outside and be concerned about his future. They needed a song for the young, uh, what they thought was going to be the young busty, terrible singer, but very good looking singer to come up and sing an innuendo song so that the, the, the people that were voting the, the talent show would vote for her. And the girl doesn't show up. So the little mousy songwriter has to sing it. Um, but the song itself is supposed to be innuendo. And the, the director was like, can you write me something that is just like dirty, nasty? So that like the men in the audience are like, Cringy. yes. Oh and the women in the audience are like, God, please kill her. <laughs> like like that. It was that the instructions were unique. And, I had been learning, I had to go back as early as like 1932, 1934, what songs were, were like. And I was trying to treat it the way I do in Sugarland, which is, you know, I know what we wrote and what I was listening to on the radio influenced what I wrote. Like I was listening to Dixie Chicks and I was listening to all those sorts of things and trying to incorporate that and into a, a successful thing. And that's no different now than it would be in 1934 or 35. You're just listening to different stuff. Right. Right. Different and, and so I had to, I had to listen to what was on the radio because the radio cycles were faster then. 
right? So a song would not just stay on the chart for 40 weeks. Like it does now, it's only there for 10, you know? But there wasn't as much competition. And there wasn't much competition. So I, I tried to incorporate all that. And what I found is there is a subgenre of song in America called the innuendo song. And innuendo songs were popular in, um, in Chicago, some of the Chicago blues and vaudeville sort of space. And they were all about food. Wow. So just pick a food. Ice cream in your mind <laughs> and think, uh, I'm going to write a song about pancakes. Mm, I'm going to spread some butter on it. <laughs> then I'm going to put some, then I'm going to put some, you know, syrup on top. And then it's like, Whoa, that's nasty. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, I love bananas. I love to peel the banana. I love to, you know, like what? So there's Makes really sense. not a food on earth. You can't princify if that is a broccoli. There's, a, there's plenty of I ways. can find a way. <laughs> you know, first you, first you steam it. Oh, my God. Case in point. <laughs> and it's always better with a little butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just nasty. I feel like butter plays a big role in a lot of the uh, food. Uh, the it's it's food better songs. than just saying what we want to do. It's like, I covered it in duck fat, and then I took it. <laughs> you know, like, no, you guys are... Oh, y'all are nasty people and everyone listening is nasty people because yeah, you're thinking right nasty. now like I don't know a single food you can't make dirty I mean if, if you, you write make, a song about it you can make broccoli dirty I mean is there anything more disgusting sauerkraut anchovies give me a minute <laughs> you, can you can do it oh my gosh, oh, gosh. okay <laughs> well I, I think that this would uh, conclude our very first guest Thank you guys for Taylor having me. Davis. So fun. Thank you. And and um, where can people chase you down? Uh, like, if they want to chase you down, it's T A Y L O R. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is is a good way to find me. How do you, the Taylor Davis on Instagram. The Taylor Davis. Um, Not to be confused with a or another Taylor. Yeah, Davis. Yeah, or the. It's the, uh, which kind of <laughs> seems like a dick thing to say, but that's my Instagram handle. Um, I'm on Twitter very sparingly. Well, usually sports involved on Twitter, so you don't even need to follow me there. There's trolling. But uh, there's going to be some new music coming out for me ah! uh, soon. Can we finally put out our Christmas song we did together? I think we should do that, too. I think that that might be uh, might be coming. That, that'll have to happen at some point. Yeah, I'd love that. Well, I know that as soon as we're here finished with this episode, we're going to write another song here. So. Is it going to be about sexual sauerkraut? No, but that's the new name of our band. Perfect. Yeah, it's our side project. Sexual, sexual sauerkraut. <laughs> SSK for sure because the kids don't use vowels. Yeah. No, of course not. You gotta shorten everything. It's called suck. Oh my god. <laughs> See what you did? Uh, there it is. Mic drop. That's all I gotta say is I did it in the very last second, just like you said. Cindy, it was great to see you again. Taylor, it's always good to see you in Cheers, and guys. thanks for being our first guest. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye y'all. Bye. Hey everybody, Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can follow Cindy 
at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.